Well, down to the words. When I think of what has been spoken here for the last six weeks, I haven't been up here for six weeks. That's incredible, right? Thank you, Adam. When I think of all the words that have been spoken, the content, the power, the eloquence, the ability, the move of the Holy Spirit through the different people. Uh, I think it started with, what was it? Rebecca started, and then Rita spoke, and then Dave spoke, and then Crystal spoke, and then Josiah spoke, right? When I think of all the different expressions of God speaking through different people and their great ability, and it was just absolutely amazing. These people are absolutely amazing. I was listening to them making notes as fast as I could, and I was saying, God, why would I be up there? If these, look at these people, God. But then going back to that place that God uses different people in different places with different expressions. Each person has its own value, and each person sees and hears God in areas that the other may not or may not see it because we have a lot of blind spots, right? We, we can hear God, but not everything God is saying. And it takes a different expression. It takes different people from different backgrounds, different age groups. It takes male and female, I believe, to hear everything that God is saying. So I am just so humbled by all the great messages that have been spoken and that we've heard here in the last six weeks at Renewal. We've heard some really good, solid, full of transformational principles, messages. And if you don't believe me, go listen to the podcast. We have it all on podcast. You can go back and listen to every one of them. And if you do, you will notice there's a thread, there's a direction, there's something that God is saying. If you, if you take notes and listen to the message and then the next one and then build up on it and then look at the whole thing, you will find something that God is saying. It's very powerful. It's, it's very beautiful. Um, this morning, I sit at the back end of it because everybody's gone. Now we have to take everything we've received and do something with it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, if you're playing cards, for those of you that think that playing poker or playing cards is not a sin, okay? <laughs> All right? For those of you that play cards, when you, get, when you get dealt cards, you get something. Sometimes you get something really good. Sometimes you get something really bad. But if you get something, you have to do something with what you get, right? If you just get all your cards and you hold them and you say, oh, this is great, this is amazing, this is so great, but you do not use it, it is nothing for you. It is nothing, it doesn't do anything for you, right? But we are at the, uh, at the, at the end almost of a series of things that God spoke. And I want to make sure this morning that I don't come with another word, but I come with something that would really cause us to put into practice the very things we have heard. Because more information without application turns into bigger, more religion. It makes us fat in the religious sense, but it doesn't do anything for us unless it's applied. Knowledge and information without application doesn't do anything for us. It has to be applied. And of course, we know the scripture. We are doers of the word and not just hearers. We don't just like hear and say, amen. And then say amen next week and next week and next week. And then stack all our messages in, in the shelves of our brain and say, oh, that's great. No, we are doers. We take it and we do something with it. We don't just hear the word. All the information and knowledge we have received in the last few weeks also comes with a responsibility of each of us to respond to the message. Yeah. Amen? amen? Boy, you guys are quiet. Amen. I don't know what we're going to do here today to change this, but information and knowledge without application does nothing for us. It is imperative that we take action to the knowledge we have received or else we continue in that hamster wheel of like saying, I'm broken and I'm broken and I've been broken and my family was broken and my marriage is hard and, and you know, this is a bad area, this region will never change and we'll just stay in that hamster wheel on and on and on unless we jump out and take action. On the word that we have received, right? right. Amen? So listen, I brought my lunch with me this morning. I thought I would have lunch while I speak, if you guys don't mind. It's been really busy at the house with everybody, so, you know, 
I brought my lunch, and for those of you listening to the podcast, I have uh, a little uh, lunch pack with me here, and uh, I actually have two bananas in my lunch pack, and uh, guys like bananas? Yeah. Anybody like bananas here? Mm, yummy, yummy. Yummy, yummy. The doctors tell you you should eat those things, right? I would like to ask you if you could help me this morning and tell me what is the fundamental or significant difference between these two bananas? One's really ripe. Yeah, there's not so ripe. It's kind of a little greenish, a little more to the green side, right? One can be used for banana bread and the other one? Cereal. Cereal. All right? Right? If you stay in a cheap motel, you get this one. If you stay in a nice five-star, you get this one. Okay? But the big difference between these two bananas is that one should have been eaten a week ago. Right? This one is still full of life. Plenty of life left in it. Could last a couple of more days, probably. There's still shelf life in this one. But this one should have been eaten a week ago. Its shelf life has come to a Nends. It's getting to where, like, mm, it smells, it's yucky, don't touch it. It's more for the squirrels and the whatever outside. You know what I'm saying? Right? There's a shelf life to fruit. The Bible has a lot to say about fruit, as you know. The first fruits, bear fruit, all these other, there's so much in the scripture about that. But I really want to get you to a practical place. I'm a very practical person. And I really want to make sure that what we heard in the last six weeks turns into life and not into knowledge. Or just into knowledge, right? So I want to tell you something. I bought these two bananas at the same store, State of Brothers. Same place from the same spot. I got them, same person. I took them. I paid the same price for them. They were on special for a couple of days. I just bought them, you know, probably a few days apart. But I took them home to the same house for the same people to eat it. And they've been in the same location, in the same basket. They come from the same house. Everything is exactly the same. Nothing is different. Just the fact that one is a week older than the other. The fact that one has shelf life and the other one is at the end of its shelf life. Now... I really want you to get a hold of this. We love props in this church, by the way. We love props around here. Because people don't forget stuff, you know. They remember the banana. Oh, the banana. The message about the banana. There we go. Listen. Um, I can go around all week long for the rest of this week and say, I have bananas. Look at my bananas. My banana's great. I know how to peel bananas. I know a lot about bananas. I can buy bananas. I can go on and on and on talking about what I have, what I know about bananas, and what I can do with bananas. I can talk about what I know, what I have, and what I could do with bananas. As much as I can talk about what I know of the Word of God, what I know of the move of the Spirit, of the things of the Spirit, of the principles and the precepts of God's Word, I can talk about it all day long. I can even talk really good about it. I can talk about what it does if you apply it. I can go on and on and on about what I know, what I have, and what it could be. But until I take action, all that I know does nothing for me or for you. Unless I take this banana that still has life in it, There's a season here. This season is over. This banana right here, the brown one, it's over. This one's still in season, still good to go, still fresh. If I take this banana, crack it open and eat it, it does good to me. The action of opening it, it does good to me. The action of taking what I know, what I have, and what I can do, if I put those together and I act, I become a doer of that, This banana will nourish my body. It'll do what it was meant to do. It's given by God. It will do if I take action on it, and it will bless me. But if I just continue to talk to you about my banana and bring it back next Sunday and say, remember my banana from last week, it'll be 
like this. It'll be brown. This one will be like this one. Because it has a shelf life. It has a time. It is so with when God speaks to us. God speaks to us and he has for the last six weeks. And if you don't take what has been given to you as fresh fruit from the Lord, from heaven, if you don't take and put action to it, it'll just sit there in your knowledge box, in your know-it-all box, and in your potential box, the things you could potentially do with it if you yielded to that or took action to it, right? There's a shelf life. I know that God speaks prophetically for us sometimes. God will say things about the future, things to come, right? But mostly, God will speak to you or to us to the season that we're in. God will speak to the season that we're in. God will give us encouragement, words, build up, warnings, by many ways, by the gifts of the Spirit, by words of prophecy, words of knowledge, prophetic things, and sometimes through the teaching of the Word, sometimes through prayer. God will speak to us to the season, to the current season that we're in, either to change, to stop, to protect, to prepare for the next season, whatever it might be. But the word comes for the season. If you don't yield and take action to it, if you don't peel the word that's been given to you, it will eventually turn like this and it will be of no good to you, no good to those around you, or no good to anyone, really. And it could be six months down the line, and you'd be saying, oh, remember my banana. We could go on and talk about it. But unless it is put into practice, unless there's an action to it, it really is no good to you. Right? I can go on and uh, come back next week and blame the store that I bought the bananas from and say, you know, they should have kept it more in the shade. And when, when the truck guy delivered it, he should have moved the pallets to the, to the shade side of the building, not the sun. The, the banana would have lasted another day, you know? And, and the manager, you know, why did he put it out in the afternoon instead? I could go on and on about who should have done what and why and what and what. So I could have the banana one more day. Or I could just take action. Stop blaming everything around me. And do what God has intended for me to do with this fruit when heaven kissed the earth and God made this banana. Did you know God made this banana right here? He made it. He made it. He made it grow. He's still creating things. Many has been given to us in the last six weeks. Many has been received from the Lord. And it comes with a shelf life, my friends. It comes with a shelf life of application. I know that sometimes there's rhema words, you know, there's the logos word written, and then there's the rhema, the spoken word. I know sometimes there's words that can last up to six months, a year. Some things that God said last year still have weight on what we do today. But mostly God gives us a word or a teaching or a revelation for the season we are in. And unless we take action, we may lose what God has given us as fresh and as the tools and the ability to go to all different places in God. There are many uh, places where God wants us to come to so that He can give us more and trust us with more, reveal more to us, give us more to take care of. But unless we come to those places of growth and embrace the Word of the Lord, yeah. right? This is very cool. More information won't make us better. More application will cause us to grow. Yeah. More information will not make us better. That's why people, there's, I know very nice, wonderful believers that, man, they don't have any church. They just go to conferences. And they, their lives, honestly, 10 years down the line, they've gone through every conference, you know, with every celebrity, and then they come back, and it's like, how did that change you? I'm, I'm sure there's, a, there's an element of going an element of help and growth to go to those conferences. I'm not throwing down the conferences, but what I'm saying is, if you just do that, if you just do that all the time, there's really no growth in you, right? You, you can't just take, 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 and not apply. And the best way to apply what we have received is in community like this. It's when we see each other. It's in our family. It's in a place where you are vulnerable. 
that you can actually talk about, discuss, and apply what you have received. Just more information and more knowledge and more ability won't really cause us to grow unless we are putting legs, unless we are putting life to it, right? So God speaks, and the responsibility to act or respond to what God said is on our side, right? We walk through Christ, in Christ. We are in Him. Yes, it is by Him that we move. It is, it is by Jesus alone, according to Colossians 1, that, that, we, that we're able to stand. He holds us together. Yes, yes, yes. But there is an element of action that you and I have to take. And if we don't take it, we will just watch other people eat fresh bananas all the time and say, why is God giving them the ability that I don't have? Why is it that people, some people pray, man, it's like, boom, they get the job, they get this, they get that, they got the open doors. It seems like there's people that are always like being blessed by God. And others struggle so much to get to a place of stability, right? I want you to consider that it might be just one thing to consider. It might be that you are not yet applying or taking action on what you have received. Therefore, according to Jesus, more cannot be given to you yet. Think about this. We always think about it the other way, right? Well, Jesus said more will be given to you. But he said what he really said was, if you are faithful with this, then more will be given to you. Is that correct? Is that what he said? Right? But we think about it the other way. Well, you're just going to give me more increase. Jesus, pray for me. Lay hands. Speak a word of, speak a prophetic word of increase. Yes, but listen, we've got to be responsible. Unless you are being faithful, taking action, doing on what God already blessed you with, whether it's small or big, or unless you're doing that, how can he give you more? If he did, it would be against the very word that Jesus said, wouldn't it? That's something to think about. There's a lot to that too, but Josiah said this while he was speaking uh, last week. We are drowning in information, yet we have no power in our lives. So more information would not give us more power. Correct? Right. We would need more application with the information we have received. Crystal said this, I think, two weeks ago. What will you do with the cards that you have been given? What will you do with it? There's a responsibility on our end, on, on your end, to respond to what God is saying. So, so, very practical message today. Action number one. Action number one. In order to embrace the new, we must let go of the old. In order to embrace the new, we must let go of the old. Many believers are desiring, praying greater things from God, greater things from the Lord, but they are holding on to the old with their dear lives. When your son and your daughter grow up, and they used to be a size two, and they were little, and then they grew out of their shoes, but they love their shoes, they cry when you come and say, no, 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 now you are shoe number four. You are growing. Now you're going to go to a different style, a different color, because you are growing. Remember when they were like, no, nah, I love my shoes, and they just want to hold on to it. And you know, no, 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 that's over. That's over. You are now a size four. You are now growing to greater things. You are now thinking different. You are now seeing different. God is now, mom and dad now want to entrust you with greater things. And so it's gone with life, right? So in order to embrace the new, you must... You must, we must let go of the old. Remember this, we're on a mission. We cannot afford to sit back throwing tantrums and fighting with people. We're on a mission, people. We're on a mission on our generation. We're only here now. God did not choose us to be when Joshua was here. God did not choose us to be when Elijah was here. God did not choose us to be here 50 years from now. He chose us to be here now, and we're on a mission. We're on a mission to be the light to the earth to be the hands, the feet of Jesus. We're on a mission to respond. We're on a mission to break down the works of the enemy, right? We're on a mission to go into the enemy's field, destroy the works of darkness by the power in the name of Jesus. We're on a mission. We're not to be getting up in the morning holding on to our old bananas because we love our old bananas. You're on a mission. You've got to focus on the mission, right? 
In order to embrace what's coming on the mission, you have to let go of the old. I know we know a lot about that. I know we know all the scriptures about that. I could come now and put up all the scriptures on that and try to prove it to you. You already know it. Right? We have to let go of the old. You cannot run ahead looking behind. You just can't. Try that. Try it this afternoon when you get home. Go to, your, go to the backyard and try to run ahead looking behind. You're going to hit the fence or something. Something's going to happen. You can't run ahead looking behind to what once was. You see, I can take this banana, my friends, and keep it for the next month and put it in my little fruit uh, you know, basket at home and tell everybody, don't touch it. That's something God gave me two weeks ago, and I'm just going to hold on to it. What good will that do to me or to anyone? We must let go of what's behind us in order to embrace what is ahead of us, right? Now, I'm going to show you something really interesting. Well, I think it's really interesting. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 21. Very well-known scripture. This is the encounter between Elijah and Elisha. Anybody remember the story? Right? What's the story? What did Elisha do? Elisha took the mantle of Elijah. Elisha became a servant to Elijah. Elijah passed the mantle to Elisha. <laughs> and then they both did amazing things, right? You guys know the story. So this is the background of that story. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 21. So Elijah left. And Elijah left him. Oh, you know, being Elisha, Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plow or plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people. And they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant. So here's what happened. Elisha was from a family of farmers, well-to-do people. They had oxen, and those days, if you had oxen and, and all this other plowing equipment, you were the man. You were in charge. You were wealthy. So they had this whole family business going on, and he came, and when the call came to follow, to become a servant, to receive the mantle, to receive the new thing God had for him, he had to let go of what he was doing. And what he did was this. He didn't just say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to you, Elijah, and I'll follow you, and I'll do everything you tell me. No, he took an action. He got up and he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my, my, my bulls here. I'm going I'm to cook them down, and I'm going to use the plowing equipment, which is made out of wood, break it down, make a fire, cook some nice juicy steaks for everybody. And one night he did a party and he told everybody, he made a statement. He took an action to what he had heard, the call of God. He took an action to it and he said, hey, I'm done doing this. I'm going to do that. I'm done doing farming. I'm, I'm done being farmer. I'm going to be a prophet now. And he took an action to the word that he had received by burning down, burning. Listen to this word. Very important word for this morning. Burning. Burning down any connection to his past or any possibility of going back to anything. You're going to love this. Now listen to this. I, I, I love history. I was a very good student for history. I could just uh, go to the class. And I just loved it. So when you love something, it's very easy to you. I was always like, uh, you know, in the top of the class when it came to history. On February 19th, 1519... 15th century, long time ago, right? On February 19, 1519, the year of 1519, the Spanish explorer called Herman Cortes left Spain on his way to Mexico. He set sail to Mexico with an entourage of 11 ships, 13 horses, 110 sailors, 553 soldiers. That was his entourage. And he goes, we're on a mission. And they sail toward what it is today, Mexico. When they got to the indigenous area, the population at the time upon their arrival was approximately five million people. Five million people. From a purely 
mathematical standpoint, the odds were stacked against him big time. The ratio was about 7,500 to 1. Does that remind you of somebody in the scriptures? The Israelites? They were always the smallest, the least, the less equipped, the less, the less in number. And God always gave them the victory. God put them on missions that were way bigger, way beyond, way, way more than their ability to do. So here's this, this explorer going into, uh, into this new place. And please understand, I'm not endorsing colonization and all that other conundrum that goes with it. I'm just saying, this, there's something to be learned here. So they sail there with an entourage of... Let me say this again. 11 ships, 13 horses, 110 sailors, 553 soldiers. They got there and the odds were against them, 7,500 to 1. After landing there, he got everybody together and he issued an order that turned everybody's head upside down. Everybody thought he had gone crazy. He got everybody together and he issued an order that turned his mission into an all-or-nothing stand. This is the call of God for our lives, my friend. When you hear the word, it's either you take it and it's all or nothing, and you burn all your way away, or, or, or there's nothing in it. You can't, you can't come partial to respond to God. So here's what he did. He called everybody, and he said, We're here. This is part of our mission. We have sailed here. But the mission continued. So they said, in order to continue our mission, we're going to burn all our ships. And everybody went, what? What? You can't burn the ships? What are you talking about? That's right, we're burning the ships. That's what a leader does. A leader sometimes speaks things that people go like, uh, what? wait, burn the ships? Yes, burn the ships. Burn every possibility of going back. Burn every possibility on going to plan B. Burn every possibility of running backwards. Burn every possibility to go back to what once was. Burn every possibility to, to even consider going back. There's only one way, and that's forward, to complete our mission. Isn't that what Elijah did with Elisha? He burnt the oxen and cooked them up and took the plowing equipment. There's no going back there. There's no, with God, there's only going forward. And I take an action of burning any possibility of going back to old ways. Amen. I don't know how many of you or how many of us this morning have to repent before God in a sense that we've, we've, we've taken steps of faith toward what God has said and then when it got hard and tough and difficult. Because sometimes obeying God, it's hard. Right? Let's get real. Let's, let's get off that gospel where everything is like, woo, hallelujah. Let's get real, right? Let's, let's, get to, let's get to the gospel of Monday through Friday, okay? Not the Sunday gospel. Not the conference gospel. The, the gospel of week. When things are tough. When you're overwhelmed. When you like, what the heck am I going to do next? I don't know how to get out of this thing. I don't see any way out. Let's get to that gospel. It's hard to hear God and to follow through what God is saying to you. Right? But these two situations, both in the scripture and in history, people decided to take an action to what their mission was. I hear the call, and I'm going to go for it, and I'm going to take an action of burning any possibility of going back to what once was. I don't know about you, my friends, but nine times out of ten, failure is resorting to plan B because plan A gets too risky, too costly, and too difficult. Anybody here try to obey God before and it got too risky and too costly and too difficult? Right? We revert to plan B. We revert to plan B because we burned maybe nine ships but left one. Just in case. When we heard the call, the prophetic call like Elisha, we burned nine oxen and bulls and, and plowing equipment but left just the one. Just back there. 
just in case. And that's called a bridge to unbelief. Is that good? I think that's great. That is called a bridge to unbelief. You just set yourself to say, yes, Lord, hands up. You burn nine bulls. You burn nine ships. And everybody around you goes, man, you're such a great believer. You're letting go of the past. You're such a great man and woman of God. Yes, everybody's rolling you up. You're praising God. But there's a little bridge there to unbelief. Just in case. Just in case. There's a plan B. Just in case God, you know what I'm talking about, right? There's many wonderful people of God that I know in my lifetime that are living their plan B, not their plan A, because they didn't burn their ships. Plan A people don't have a plan B. Plan A people are sold out to God. Plan A people would rather crash and burn chasing their God-ordained dreams than to succeed at something else. I'm one of those. I'm either all in or I'm not in. I'm either all in, and if I'm in, if I shake hands with you, I'll be there. I'll be there when it hurts. I won't leave. I won't bail. I'm like that with marriage. I'm like that with church. I'm like that with calling. I'm like that with business. If I'm in, I'm in. And if it hurts, we're going to hurt together, but we're not going anywhere. If I'm in, I'm in. I think God is calling us to such a place. I think that's what we've heard in the last six weeks, my friends. I think that's the, that's the summary of what I heard for the last six weeks. How will we respond to it is the challenge. Here's what uh, Dave Schmidt said, uh, what was it, three weeks ago? We are constantly finding substitutes or alternatives to what God intended it to be. Have you done that in your life? If you, have, if you have the courage to raise your hand. I have. Look for a substitute because it got too hard, too difficult, too risky to obey God. Sometimes to obey God means you have to lose. And we have this mindset, victorious mindset that we're going to have more. We've been taught in America that the gospel that more and increase is God. But when God takes away something, ah, we throw a tantrum. We look for a substitute or an alternative that will make it look like God is in it just a little bit, just enough to be comfortable. My friends, in order to enter into the new, we need to, we must burn the ships of the past. You must. God has caused you to navigate all the way here to where you are. And God will continue, according to the promises of His Word, He will continue to take you where you're going. God does not start any project that He intends to just let go through halfway through it, that He doesn't intend to complete. The one that has begun, a good work shall, right? Right? He shall complete it. So God has caused you to navigate all the way here. It is now your responsibility, my responsibility, to burn any, any possibility of going behind and set ourselves forward with God, going after the mission that we've been called to do. That takes some courage, my friends, because sometimes you will lose. You will lose relationships. You will lose, you will be alone sometimes. Sometimes obeying God means... Step away from the crowd. Sometimes obeying God, you may have to like shake hands with somebody and say, you know what? Take it. Because God's greater than you are. Take it. It's hard when you have to deny yourself. But man, the payout with God is so worth it. It's so worth it in the long run. In order to embrace the new, to take in the new, we must burn every possibility. Burn your ships today. Let this Sunday be the Sunday that you said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done accommodating these things in my heart. I'm done. Burn ship of the past failure. Burn the ship of the bad habits. Burn the ship of that regret. Burn the ship of the guilt. Burn the ship that links anything that has to do with your old way of life. Be done with it. Burn any possibility to go back to plan B.
You were made for plan A. You were made to be an overcomer. You were made to be more than conqueror. You were made to be a light shining up on a hill. You were made to be so filled with the Holy Ghost that when you enter into some place, the atmosphere begins to be transformed because you walked in there. Well, I don't want to go there because that whole area is kind of like, well, when you get there, it changes everything. You were made for such a time as this to carry Christ in you, the hope of glory, the anointing, the revelation of God. You are the one. It's all different mindset. You were made to live in plan A, my friend, not plan B. When you plan ahead, plan for greatness. When you plan ahead for your children, plan for the top. When you plan ahead, plan for the best. When you plan ahead, plan like a royal person. See the royals? Royals don't go like, oh, I don't know. Royals behave like royals. We are a royal people. A royal priesthood. Think like a royal. Act like a royal. Think big. This is precisely what Elijah did. He turned the plowing equipment into a barbecue. He was like, ha, I'm done. I'm done. This is my security. I'm letting go of my security to listen to what God's calling me to do. And I'm becoming a servant. Now you go from a well-to-do business farmer, well-to-do man, wealthy to becoming a servant to another. What an exchange, right? It was Elijah saying, this is my last supper. I'm done with this stuff. He said goodbye to his old life by throwing a party with his friends. He wasn't crying and saying, oh no, now I have to serve God. Now I have to sell my stuff or burn it and feed it to my friends. What am I going to do next month? How am I going to think, you know? No, it was like, hey, let's throw a party. This is a great day. I'm becoming a man after the heart of God. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. I think that's what God has been saying to us, my dear friends, for the last six weeks. That's what I'm hearing. It was the bonfire that he made with his equipment, meaning his ability. That night, that symbolized the action that Elijah put to what he had heard. Oh, Elisha. It was the last day of his old life and the first day of his new life. That, my friends, is up to us. I know it's by the power of God that he'll thrust us and cause us to move forward. I know it's by the power of God that we're able to overcome. I know it's through the name of Jesus that we're able to be conquerors. Yes, yes. But there's an action. There's an action. There's an action on our part. He burned and he said, I'm done. He could have gone and said, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll serve you and I'll learn everything from you and I'll take everything godly in you, Elijah. I'll just take it. He could have just done that. But he said, no, I'm burning every possibility of going back to anything less than the very best of God for me. Think about that. It was the end of Elisha the farmer and the beginning of Elisha the prophet. Think about the symbolism of the action that he did. He literally cooked away his old way of life for dinner. Think about that. How many of us are praying and desiring and asking God to give us more so we can have more security? God, I need this and I need this and I need that. God, I need more bananas because this banana, just in case, God. God, can I have like a dozen nice bananas for tomorrow because this one, God, you know, even in our American culture, we have this, this, this culture of like, you know, plan, provide. And there's nothing wrong with that. But God is calling his people to a place of a higher and a deeper and a greater revelation. So we can become a light to our society. Oh, it's never been so dark. That's why you are here. Oh, it's never been so bad. That's why God chose you to be here. Think about it. That's why you and I are here to become the light to this dark world. My friends, it doesn't matter if you are trying to lose weight, get into graduate school, write a book, start a business, get your bills paid, get out of debt, whatever it is, the first step is always the longest and the hardest when you have to say, I'm done. And that has to happen here. 
That has to happen not by the laying of hands, not by convincing, not by Josiah. Oh, Josiah made it so great for me. Yeah. No. Oh, Dave, and yeah. yes. God spoke to many. It has to happen here. You have to say, I'm done. I'm done and turn around and say, Lord, I'm on a mission. And I'm waking up tomorrow morning to respond to everything that you've called me to do on the plan A, my divine plan A, and I will not. I burn every possibility of going back to the familiar, to plan B. You have to take a step forward into your future. There's an action. There's an action. You have to eliminate any possibility of moving backwards to your past, to the familiar. This is how you go after goals. This is how you break addictions. This is how you reconcile relationships. This is how you leave the past where they belong or where it belongs. Um, I don't know if I have this quote here. Let me see. Oh, I have a quote by a guy named Ignacio. The best time to change, it's before it's needed. The best time to change, it's before it's needed. Listen, if you only change when you are forced because of your circumstances or because your circumstances are overwhelming, then you will always live in recovery mode on plan B. If you only change when things are so overwhelming that you can't handle it anymore and now you need God to make a miracle and God does many times in His mercy, right? But if you only change every time that's upon you and chaos is falling apart, you will always be living on this like recovery mode plan B. You're not really living victoriously in plan A. You're not on the mission. You know why we get to those places of like, you know? It's because there are bridges to our unbelief. There are ships, there are plowing equipment that hasn't been burned yet. You haven't made your bonfire yet. We, we can come to church and talk about the nine, the nine other plowing pieces that you burned. We can talk about the nine ships that you burned. We can praise God, testify. But what about that, that last one? That has to happen that's business between you and the maker of heaven and earth. No preacher, no teacher, no laying of hands, no prophetic word. It can help you see it, but it has to happen here. Right? Many great people of God that I know are living, I've said it before, in plan B, dreaming of plan A, of what it will be. Oh, when the Lord, when the Lord, when the Lord... They, they're holding on. They're holding on to their ships and their plowing equipment. Oh, when the Lord does this, when the Lord does that, the Lord has already done it. The Lord has already done it. This is a quote by Sharon on a Wednesday night. I write a lot of stuff. You see me? I'm always like... Sometimes even during worship because it's so rich. And I'm like, oh, man, God is speaking through so many people. Here's what Sharon said. Uh... Do I have Sharon's one in there? Oh, it didn't make it. Okay, Sharon didn't make it. But I can tell you, not a problem. Not a problem. I can tell you. Sharon said this. I think it was about, about a month ago. Sometimes we have received from the Lord what we have asked of Him, and we don't even realize it that we have received that until later. She said that, and then she started talking about, you know, specific things. But sometimes, many times, I think oftentimes, we have received from the Lord the ability, the capacity, the things we need to take the action of burning all the ships, but we just haven't even realized it yet. We're still like, God, I need more, I need more. Well, can you, can you take care of this right now? God, I need more because, God, can I get more bananas? Because the winter is coming, and in the winter, there's no bananas. Right? God, I need more. I need more. Well, can you eat this one right now? Can you peel this one? Can you take the action on this that you have? Can you be faithful in what you have, where you are right now? Can you be a good godly steward and respond to what God is telling you? 
right now before the greater revelation comes. And God wants to give us greater revelation, right? We are a people that move in revelation. But listen, listen, listen. Your child comes, those of you that have brought up kids, and they want to eat. And what do the kids do when you, when you show them like, they just want to grab everything, you know, like, right? No, 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 eat this one. I, I got it. I'm your dad. I got it. I know everything you need. Did you get more? Oh, yeah, I got for tomorrow. Don't worry about it. Well, there's no more in the car. I'll go get some more. Don't worry about it. That's what I tell my son. Now, that relates to many of us, right? My son is like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, don't worry about it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Can you take what you have in your hands? Can you peel it? Can you eat it? Can you respond to even if it's a small instruction from the Lord, even if it's a little word, even if it's a little thing, it doesn't matter. Can you just take that, respond, put an action to it, put life to it, shape up? Well, it's by the power of God. Yes, it is by the power of God. Absolutely. But there's an action. There's an action, my friends. This, this mindset that, well, God spoke all these great words to us in the last six weeks, and it's just so awesome, and these people are awesome. It's so great. And, and then the Lord is going to take all that, and the Lord is going to cause it to bear fruit. Yes, he already, He's already doing it. He's asking you to react to it. Take it. Eat it. Peel it. Put an action to it. In order to begin a new chapter, you must let go of the old. You must burn every possibility to the past, to the familiar. Cut off all possibilities of going back. Cut off all possibilities. Cut off your plowing equipment. Cut off anything. Make a statement. See, when Elijah said, hey, everybody come here, everybody. Let's, uh, let's, make a, let's do a party. We're doing a barbecue. What's, what's going on, Elisha? Well, I'm, I'm becoming a prophet now. I'm going to go after the man of God. I'm becoming a servant. And therefore, I'm going to make a statement of faith. That's what he did. He made a statement of faith by taking the action of chopping off his plowing equipment, start a fire, slaughter the bulls, slice the steaks, and offer it to his friends as a statement of faith. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. When you do that, you can go back because everybody knows. When you become vulnerable like that, everybody knows. When you come to a community and you say, I'm going to promise before God that I'm going to obey the word and I'm going to do A, B, and C this week. I'm going to ask this person for forgiveness and you mention their name and then I'm going to pray at 7 a.m. Here's what's going to happen. People know what you've said. So they're going to be looking at what you're doing. And the following week, did you, you'll probably get text messages at 7.05 saying, hey, I'm praying with you this morning because they think you're praying. And then this following Sunday, did you call her? Did she, did she forgive you? There's going to be accountability. You can't go back anywhere and hide and say, hallelujah, God's great. No, you have to live in like real life. Yeah. Accountability is beautiful. It's so great. You teach your children to walk in the ways of the Lord, and then they grow up. And then they begin to hold you accountable to the word of God. I'm experiencing that right now. Your own children. But God says this. What do you say? What? 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 Your wife, your husband, ooh, that's like, right? But my friends, the payout is so great. Because as we grow, God begins to entrust us with more. As we get established, God begins to reveal more to us. As we get to a place of establishment where we are dedicated, we are, we are sold out to what God has said, God begins to entrust us with so much more than what we have known, what we have had, and what we can do. Very important. God will entrust you with more that you've ever known, that you have, and what you can do with it. There's no turning back if you're going to obey God. If Elisha, Elisha's prophetic apprenticeship with Elijah didn't pan out, there was nowhere to turn but God. Because there's no equipment to go back to. It had to be only God. Think about that. Obeying God and then putting yourself, placing yourself in a situation where you know if it doesn't pan out, there's only God left. 
what a place to be. What an exciting place to be. If this thing don't pan out, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to pray a lot. Good thing. If this thing doesn't happen, I'm going to go fasting for a week. Good thing. If this thing don't work out, God's going to have to turn it all around and make a miracle. Good thing. Burn every possibility to all those bridges, the gates, to all those bridges to unbelief. Elisha wasn't just buying into Elisha. He was selling out to his old life. He wasn't just buying in, he was selling out. I think Crystal said, uh, it was Crystal that said, correct me if I'm wrong. She said, if you're running with God, you, you can't run from the sidelines. Right? I think it was Crystal. You have to run, you have to be all in. You have to be all in in a race. You can't run from the sidelines. My friends, we have to start living in the present and stop living in past tense or future tense. Past tense is, oh, well, you know, we, we really wanted to see God move in this valley, but, you know, in the past, this is what has happened here, and this is the spirit that's here, and blah, blah, blah. We can go on and on and on about uh, explaining as to why. You know, I've even done that myself, honestly, I confess. I sit with people that are so excited, and I go, yeah, but, you know, this valley. Past tense. A lot of Christians live in future tense. Well, when the Lord blesses me, one day when my husband gets delivered, and when this change, when the government changes, and when the administration in Pennsylvania Avenue changes, and when the new president, when the church does this, and when we grow, and when, and that's future tense. That, that may never come. We have to live in the present. We have to peel our banana today. Because tomorrow, on the next few days, that's what it's going to look like. We have to do it today. There's a shelf life to what God has told us. I'm going to close with this. I think this is one of Rita's quotes five weeks ago. A feeble follow-through does not please God or leads us to deliverance. That's pretty heavy duty right there. If I said that, maybe somebody would get offended because it's the pastor saying it. But if you have a feeble follow through, if you hear the word, if you hear the call of God and you have a feeble follow through, it doesn't please him and it doesn't lead you to deliverance. And what's best to close this, close this whole door and chapter with the very word of the Lord that we already know. There it is. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14. I mean, some of us know the stuff of by heart, right? It's underlined in our Bibles. This is common knowledge for most Christians. Forgetting what is behind and doing what? Straining. Straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize which, has, which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Straining means putting great effort and even force. Now look at that. Force toward. Put, I'm straining. Put, put great effort. Force moving towards. Press. Press forward is an action. If you go visit a beautiful house and it's gorgeous on the outside and you say, man, if it's this beautiful on the outside, I wonder what it's looked like on the inside. What do you got to do to get on the inside? You got to go to the front door and you got to do one action. Press. Ring the bell. Press. That little action with your finger, if you ring the bell, most likely the door will be open to you. And you'll be able to see what you could not see from the outside. But it takes an action. Press. I'll tell you this. I think there's people here 
in our fellowship that are so incredibly gifted by God to do so many powerful things. There's people here, some that are not here today, some that are, that God wants to bring you to a place of such deep revelation, ability, uh, uh, supernatural ability. God is, God, is, God is waiting. God is eagerly waiting to bring you to a place where He can deposit into you such incredible revelation and, and ability to break strongholds. And God wants, God desires to do that. But God is seriously waiting for us to eat, for us to peel our banana, for us to eat the sustenance that will give us the ability to perform, to do what God has called us to do. I pray that this week, from Monday to Friday, starting today, Sunday, that you would take action to everything you heard, that you would look at your notes and say, okay, Lord, how does this, what, what areas in my life do I need to do this? And I'm going to ask you to do something even further. Because we all have blind spots, we all have, we all have the ability to see parts, but not everything, right? Even the scripture tells us that, that we see in part. But we, we can look at something and, and, and see it and, and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you for your life. And you can see what needs to change. But I would do this. I would find a believer that is solid. Somebody that there's people here in this fellowship that you can go up to and say, listen, I've been considering this. I wrote this down and, and I know this needs to change in my life here. You know, A, B, C, D, all this stuff here. What do you think? Let somebody else look at it that will say, oh yeah, I see that you also need this, this and that. They will point your blind spots. And that will cause you to be in a place of advantage. That will cause you to go home and go, wow. Well, this looks overwhelming. Well, thank God, because it's not by your power, according to the scriptures. It is by His power that we move and have our being. According to the book of Acts. What is the Philippians? It is Jesus that holds you together. So it's not about you being overwhelmed with everything that needs to be done. It's about you taking action and by His power and by His ability and by the power of His name, He will cause you to go forward with the action that you've chosen to take to respond to the word of the Lord. Amen? Spirit of God, we... We, we lay ourselves down. We, we take our hearts today and we, we give up our hearts, really. We, we give up our hearts to you and say, Lord, we bring our hearts as an offering. Lord, I think that we, today we don't have to bring uh, special offerings like in the Old Testament. We can just offer ourselves to you as an offering. Lord, I, I, I come and I pray, God, that, that you would cause each one of us inside this building here today and the ones that are not here uh, to take on what we have received in this last six weeks, God, and, and really begin to put action to what God causes to see it, to understand it, to study it, and to act, to put action to the very things that we have received. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd cause every believer in this house to live victoriously and overcome starting today throughout this week until we meet again God there would be just an ability a supernatural ability to see to understand and to overcome in Jesus name cause us to put action oh God help us empower us oh God empower us to put life and legs and action to the very things that we have heard and more than that, God, I pray that we would take this seriously, God, that we would indeed burn every possibility of going back, burn every ship, burn every plowing equipment, burn any and every possibility of going back to the familiar or living on plan B. God, we want the best. We want the full inheritance in Jesus Christ. We want the very best plan of God for each of our lives, for here and now. We don't want to live on the things that might have been. We want to live right in a place where God has called us to do. Filled with power, anointing, revelation. Being oracles of righteousness. Being prophetic sons and daughters, oh God. Oh God, cause your people to arise. 
cause your people to burn with the fire of God. Cause us to arise and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here. Here at renewal. Here in our homes. Here in our marriages. Here in our families as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The Lord bless you.